is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, Joe, my co host, Nick, and Dan. And gentlemen, it is cup competition time. Preseason is dead and buried. It is only playing for all the marbles at this point, Nick. Chelsea. I tell you, it's it, it, this one came a little sooner than I think Tommy T wanted. But hey, you got to show up. You got to give players a chance to succeed, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, I mean, this was a yeah. I think maybe a little bit more competitive than Super Cups of the past. <laughs> um, you know, I think both teams, both managers, wanted to start the season off right, and uh, you know, I'd say for the first real competitive game of the season, this was. This is quite the test. I mean, you know, I think you could have forgiven a lot of Chelsea fans walking into this one, Dan, uh, if they would have thought, oh, yeah, Villarreal, let's roll them over. Let's get it done. But clearly that was not uh, going to be on the cards today. And, uh, you know, I think it's a credit to Chelsea for coming through in the clutch again. It was the unfriendly friendly. Because there was no love lost between those two sides, whether it was Tommy T getting a yellow card for saying who knows what he said. But that's what happened. A little bit of managerial back and forth down the tunnel, some tough tackles, some three rolls after getting touched by a gust of air to accentuate the damage being caused by other players. It had all the pageantry of a midseason affair, and it was the first match of the 2021-2022 campaign. It was like it was like playing Spanish Burnley, you know, except they're much, much better than that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a tough tackle and physical game, Brandon. This was a this was not a super cup where you were just going to play the ball on the ground and score a bunch of goals. No, I mean, we did play the ball on the ground once and scored one goal. So that, that was good. But was clearly cool. we now realize why Messi has decided to leave La Liga because he just can't cut it anymore. So league on <laughs> it is for Messi. Only making five hundred fifty thousand a week, by the way. So I think it's nice that he wanted to go try his his trade at farming. You know, yeah. I thought yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. Good for him. Yeah, there was a funny graphic said like, uh, okay, we 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 talked too much about Messi. I'm just going to cancel this because we have wow, champions of Europe to talk culture, about live and well. All right, Anyways, making fun of Messi relevant. isn't allowed on the show anymore. I'm out. <laughs> I Fuck mean, this. That's a better. Too check. much air time to Messi already. We're has done. Some words move for on, you. Move on. Move on. Yawn. Anyways, three-word match review is always to kick it off because we need to get a temp check, Dan, of where everyone's at. Are they happy? Are they sad? Or are they just kind of mellow? Where where, Look, where was, did this one go? There were mood. There was energy. There was a lot to talk about. So many discussion points. JW with the one stone down, uh, obviously, uh, due to... Pushing your know? narrative. Yeah, uh, Classic 86 with the ASP lifting program, which, uh, look, ASP's arm's going to get pretty tired at the end of this season. <laughs> Yannick with the Trev Chalaba season. Uh, Chelsea Ray with the Jorginho Blonde, question mark? Hot. Ooh. Nikhil with the London is PG. I'm next, so let's to do it. <laughs> a three-word match review that will not be featured in this show. Hey. Come it wasn't on. three words. And two, it <laughs> was clever from Derek. It was two keepers, one cup. Obviously, wildly inappropriate <laughs> if you were to go there, but also really creative just in uh, itself if you take it in isolation. Uh, that uh, you're breaking so the rules, and I'm not happy about it, so we're going to move on. Uh, our boy Ultra Ernie, best birthday ever. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ernie. 
He's one of the kings of the Discord, and uh, you know he's have, was having fun. Fellow golfer, need yeah, he's a fellow golfer. Uh, uh, Amph with the need bigger cabinet. I'm sure there's one in North London that we could borrow. Gabriel with the one of six. Derek with the why not six. I did use one of his, and then Tana with the five more, please, because the trophy run is on. One for one. Yeah, I think all of us predicted the Super Cup is is going into the trophy cabinet. So off to a strong start this season. Uh, I put building good habits, you know, mm. trying to make some positive life changes. So we're building some good habits of continuing to win trophies. I mean, you think Jorginho's bag three, Pulisic is bag three. And then a lot, uh, Emerson has gotten three. Anyways, you get my drift. A lot of trophies have been lifted for the Chelsea players in the last few months. Nick, what about you? Viali to Tuchel. Uh, Chelsea now have su- two Super Cup wins. Uh, the first coming with the great Luca Viali in 1998, being manager and I think player manager that year. Uh, and then Thomas Tuchel being the second. Uh, so this is kind of a... You know, a long, a long time coming on this one. That was 98 to 2021. Uh, Chelsea have had a few opportunities in the middle to get a couple more, but uh, it was nice to, nice to get another one today. Good opportunity to plug uh, Chidge's uh, history series. They're in yeah. the 90s. The yeah, noughties. it's really good. They're, they're mm-hmm. doing a great job on the fan cast right now, yep. so go listen to them. It's, it's perfect, especially if you're trying to learn about the club. So I love that, actually, Viali de Tuchel. And then Dan, last but certainly not least. Good evening, champions. <laughs> good evening to you, Dan. <laughs> like, yeah, good evening to you as so well. It's so unfair. It's just his accent. <laughs> he just totally He's, Hey, I, I will tell you, it. though, uh, to, to say this uh, of, of Villarreal, uh, Mr. Good Evening himself, Unai Emery, it, he has proven himself to be quite the manager. Uh, since well, leaving that terrible North London club. It turns so. out it wasn't him, it was Arsenal. <laughs> it's not so much me, it's you guys. <laughs> we, okay. He he's good. He he knows where he's at. The the rom com for Emery and Arsenal would be a, quite a funny movie. Yes. All right. Well, for this episode, obviously we're gonna be talking about Chelsea winning the Super Cup after a hundred and twenty minutes of chaos and then the penalty shootout performances. I'll talk about the tough question facing Chelsea with Trevo Shalba. Will he stay or will he go? And then the impact of Ziyech's injury and more. I mean, how how unfortunate for Akim Ziyech. That is just totally unfair. Uh, some quick gratitudes. I'm going to go to Nick. Ooh, Good luck. Gratitudes. Uh, if you haven't listened to our Ted Lasso pod, you should go do that. And that's on Patreon. Yeah. Meg Reyes was on in this week. And we talked a little bit about mental health. So that was pretty cool. Uh, yearly subs of Alan. An upgrade for Nikhil, and then a new sub of Robert. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Apple Podcast, Dan. We've got a crew here. Well, cool. not only do we have a crew, we have people flooding us on the charts. We appreciate it. There's no tomfoolery. There's no ballot harvesting. There are no bots pushing us up the charts. It Doesn't is just Dominion people. run this? Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You, you guys are on one tonight. I'm going to I'm gonna rain control back in here. So anyway, we are doing the numbers on Apple Podcasts and the soccer charts. We super appreciate everybody who listens uh, when you go subscribe and tell a friend to go subscribe. We really appreciate it. <laughs> I want to thank Yan Jin from the U.S. We want to thank Johnny Camacho from Spain. 
<laughs> absolute anarchy and chaos tonight fellow blues fans there's only one way to celebrate and honestly nick and i celebrate by picking on dan so uh look it's gonna it's, be a good one jd chaga ray ray dollar sign 19 l boy a pastor tim brooks charles lipton dexter baller 22 and the dirty bubbles 069 boy Oh, well, anyway, uh, does your mom know what your Apple ID really is? Appreciate it. It's fantastic, and it helps people find the show. Anyway, we should talk about the match details. Brandon, over to you. All right, here we go. It was Via Real this past Wednesday, the 11th of August, and it was the UEFA Super Cup. That's right, where Angola Conte walks out with the Champions League, and then Raul Albiol walks out with the even heavier but more awkward uh, Europa League. So. Nothing like uh, measuring before we walk out to the pitch. So location, it was in Belfast at Windsor Park. Dan, back to you for a quick run through the lineup, which, whew, how about those lineup predictions, gentlemen? Well, Joe Tweeds and Dan Dormer nailed it. Um, we had Edwin Mindy between the sticks, Trevor Chalba, Kurt Zuma, Antonio Rudiger as the back three, Kalmazin Doy, Angolo Conte, Mateo Kovacic, Marcus Alonso as your midfield, and then Hakim Ziyech, Kai Havertz, and Timo Werner as your attacking force. All right, quick stats. Uh, Chelsea had 20 shots, seven of those on target to Villarreal's 12 shots, five on target, 62% possession for the good guys. Uh, just under double their passes. Uh, we had 90% pass. Actually, that is quite top elite level to their 81%. We had 10 fouls to their 15, confirming Nick's uh, immediate eye test on that one. Two cautions apiece, though. Uh, we had four offsides, so that VAR rule has not kicked in yet to their two. And we had nine corners to their five, so plenty of set pieces for us to attempt. And then uh, in place of XGA trophy staff from at Squawka, said Chelsea's record in the UEFA Super League uh, 1998 versus Real Madrid, trophy. 2012 versus Atletico Madrid, we got pumped. Yes. Uh, then versus Bayern 2013, the now everyone's favorite talking point, Lukaku misses a penalty, gets shipped out, and we never see him again until tomorrow probably. Uh, then versus Liverpool 2019, lost. But now 2021 versus Villarreal, trophy. Thomas Tuchel ends a losing streak. Uh, Nick, dealer's choice real quick. Stats, XG on trophies or lineup? Expected trophies a lot. That's awesome. That's a that's the stat I want to read. Um, I'm going to go on the stats for a second here. Uh, I it says we have seven shots on target. I can't recall all seven to be honest with you. Uh, that that was a uh, a bit of a struggle for old, for old Chelsea tonight. Um, the 20 shots, I believe, because a billion of them went into into row Z, as as our friends Rudiger. across the pond like to say. But yeah, uh, the the fluidity up top uh, really kind of manifested itself here. Uh, only about thirty percent of our our shots on target, and even those, I don't think we really troubled uh, their keeper that much. So yeah, he looks solid. I thought he did well uh, on Senho. Um, but to your point, we produced far more or enough chances to score more than one goal, which means Dan. Uh, a problem that sounds like Chelsea are about to address. Mm. You know, I, I think Chelsea are going to be real desperate to sign a, a striker, Brandon. And uh, if we don't do it this window, it's going to be really disappointing. I wonder if Messi's available. Anyways, um, there's no I sense in bearing the that. lead. Green check mark. Yes. <laughs> Chelsea won the Super Cup thanks to a galaxy brain move from Thomas Tuchel and two saves from our quote unquote backup keeper, Keppa. So players knew his couple 
players knew it was coming. Tuchel mentioned it was a plan since Barnsley. Um, I think since Barnsley last year. Yep, yep, that, yep. It's been on the plan since that long. That was hey. incredible for him to drop that. No, no, it probably didn't take long for them to realize that Mendy is is big, but he's not kind of that quick snap off the line like Keppa. That, that it, was the second game of Tuchel's reign. We played Wolves <laughs> midweek, yeah. and then we played Barnsley. Yeah. Like that's that's great. That's I, that's just knowing your personnel right away. Absolutely. Um, I mean, look, Nick. Once we saw Keppa getting ready, and the announcers, you know, were able to get ahead of that before it, it happened, uh, the WhatsApp group definitely came to life a little bit. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, uh, it was it was interesting too. Like now, you obviously know how it turns out, so you, you can look back with a little bit of of twenty twenty vision here, but. Every time they panned to the to the sideline during the game, Keppa was active. Like he was up talking with Tuchel at points. He was talking with other players. Like he was within the camera shot a lot. And it was almost as if like they kind of understood that he had to stay mentally ready. And the players were like ginning him up just in case he had to had to come in. And then of course, you know, it worked, which is you know an incredible uh, gamble from Tuchel. And it, I think just shows the level of confidence that he has in his players um, and that he has in his, in his staff to say, look, Kep is just the better penalty uh, goalkeeper. And he, and he's, you know, I think had a great quote that said, I, you know, I applaud Edu, uh, Edouard Mendy uh, for just understanding the situation and being a good teammate. And that, you know, that has to be hard for a, a top competitor, Brandon, you know, someone in, in the position that you've played before to say, no, ah, this just ain't my skill set. Yeah, I've been in those situations. Um, I was far less happy about it because I disagreed with the decision. Um, but yeah, I was pulled uh, in high school for a penalty shootout and we lost, which definitely could have gone different. But anyway, take that, I, Brandon's coach, <laughs> you <laughs> idiot. Um, yeah, this goes back to Tuchel being a top tier player manager, right? Uh, it manages a squad. He, you know, this was no surprise for months. You know, heaven forbid we would have conceded and gone to penalties in the Champions League with City. It sounds like this was in the cards. This is exactly what we're going to play. So that that's the way I look at it. It's just that Tuchel is able to manage the situation so well for so long. And it also keeps Kepa engaged, knows that he does have a very critical role in the team. And he delivered today. I mean, he was the one who stepped up in the penalty shootout. Um, to to make a couple saves after after Havertz, um, you know, missed his right away, and to be able to save the second one, that immediately kind of brings things level. I mean, you miss your first one, they bury their first one. You're like, shit, this could be a really big hill to climb. But getting the very next one is massive momentum um, equalizer. I would say in that one. So, um, Dan, I. Uh, Pretty pretty solid from Tuchel. He had a couple quotes on this one, so it it comes down to to data to to stats. Kep has the best percentage at saving penalties. I I guess were you surprised at this? Or do you feel like in the moment you're like, okay, I could I get this. I could see the mo the move here. Well, the fact that Havertz didn't come off in extra time when he looked dead tired, he looked ragged. He there were plenty of other players who played the full 120 and didn't look as gassed as maybe he did. And so holding on to that sub, the later it got in the match, you figured, you know, no one's really getting good shot opportunities. It's still a little scrappy. 
he's going to keep on holding that. The other thing, too, is after Ziyech coming off injured, I'm sure that changed a lot of the plans as well in terms of losing a sub for an injury reason. And you had to think, heaven forbid, you know, another one of your key players gets injured. You probably also have to save that sub for an injury situation in the dying moments of the game, too. Someone cramps up, someone can't continue. You have to hold on to that. And so... Tuchel did a, a really good job kind of writing it out. Again, it, it doesn't go well, and there's a whole hell to pay, but you know he took a took a really calculated risk. He knew the numbers. He knew what his keeper was capable of, and I think this Nick is just a... The, the redemption arc you know, for Kepa is really strong here with uh, the way that Tuchel backed him. Uh, I mean, I, I think you just have to be, really one, just really happy for him that he performed in such interesting circumstances right this is not a typical thing i think you know everyone's mentioning the 2014 world cup where um what's his face used to be manchester united manager uh, van hall uh did the same with uh with tim cruel right um and so that's mm-hmm. that's an interesting i mean it's a big it's a big gamble someone who's not warmed up really who who's not in the flow of the game uh to come on and, and just kind of do the one thing that they're that they're meant to do is a big gamble but i think for keppa to stay mentally sharp to stay ready it's a massive uh it's a massive bit of confidence for him you could see by the the roar he gave out after saving that last one um how it, how much it meant to him and he, he deserves that i mean he he has fought through some let's call it adversity uh over the last couple of years he you know, was replaced as Chelsea's starting keeper after being the most expensive goalkeeper um, of all time. Uh, and this is a, a moment that he gets to look back on and say, hey, I helped contribute to a, another trophy for Chelsea Football Club. Yep. And classic Chelsea fans not wasting a moment to bring Maurizio Sarri back into this conversation on Twitter mm. as he was trending because a uh, subset of not all of us. I, that, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's true. But, uh, you know, it, it was good in the sense, Dan, that they're saying, look, sorry, Kepa had it in him. You know, remember trying to pull him off in the Carabao Cup to put Willie Caballero on. You know, he saved penalties against Tottenham like he just reminded him. Maurizio, he's got it. He the, can do the, it. The best one was there's you know the Drake meme where he's like no and then yes. The 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 meme was Keppa coming off for penalties. No, <laughs> Keppa staying on for penalties. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I think about uh, before we get onto the player penalties. A uh, funny conversation because Keppa came on right away. I don't think he touched the the ball. Went right into penalties. Um, it's kind of interesting again, goalkeepers and field players being very different when Rashford and, and, um, Sancho, Sancho came in for England and they didn't get a lot of touch. I was like, Oh, they were too cold before they took their pens. Again, just, this just goes to show you how polar opposite field players and goalkeepers are. Like there's really no bigger difference. Uh, and this just is another data point to prove that. So anyways, let's talk about player pens. Uh, any favorites from you guys out of the group? And if you say Kai, I swear to God. I mean, it has to it has to be J five. I mean, look, Jorginho's are always good, but the fact that we were kicking in the away end, and the fans, as we've seen in videos afterwards, maybe not the nicest group of people to go up against, but the cool penalty and then the finger to the lips to shush. Oh, yeah, that was good. That was real good. And it was clutch, right? Fifth fifth kicker. You know, had to keep the momentum going. 
Uh, Nick, do you have a different one? Yeah, Dave. Again, Dave's an excellent, excellent penalty taker. I, I can't emphasize this enough. Buried it side net, and the goalkeeper guessed the right way. He still just put it right by him. Um, it was it was a great penalty. I thought Pulisic also took his well. Um, you know, Rudy had a filthy penalty. Okay, yeah. you know what, sir? You've spoken. Can you yeah. get in the back of the line? My gosh. That um, was it, what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I think well, Dave, Dave was my favorite. I, I would love to, Dan. I'm sitting here patiently Good, do it. biting my tongue. <laughs> I thought it was Rudiger because I thought no shot in hell. <laughs> he was going to do anything. But he ended up freezing the goalkeeper, to be fair. It, it wasn't smooth. It was clunky, but it worked. And that's all that matters. I mean, there was negative film on Rudiger's penalty taking. So <laughs> He did that weird. Did you see his hips? Yeah. Because he had that weird run up where he like adjusted his hips last second. Yeah. And I was like, surely he's going to the right, like with a kind of a curler. And then he just absolutely jagged edged it into the into the bottom left corner. I mean, it's very impressive. Thought for sure he was pulling it wide, but he, he didn't. <laughs> so credit where credit's due. Um, anyways, kind of a, a fun, but albeit very obvious tweet from Squawk against as Thomas Tuchel's the first manager in Chelsea's history to win the Champions League. And the UEFA Super Cup. He didn't even need a year in charge. Sure didn't. Poor Robbie DiMatteo wasn't given the chance to do that. And Rafa Benitez kind of fucked it up. All right. Um, I think we can get on to Trevor Chalaba. He's making a huge impact. But real quick before we do that, we are going to take a quick break. Thanks to the sponsors for financially supporting the show. But before we do that, we've got an even more pods coming this week i don't know how are there days left in the week yes then we have more pods so what's left dan we've got a crystal palace preview so we're going to talk about the first premier league match of the season what and there's a sneaky surprise coming for that one so you'll just have to you'll just have to listen in and hear what the sneaky surprise is well there's also another sneaky surprise too so there's lots of sneaky surprise stuff all right, I, I look. I'm with you, listeners. I clearly have no idea what's going on, but the Premier League is back. We're ready to go. I'm uh, the thanks captain to sponsors. Now. We'll be right back. All right. So another very bright spot on the night was a continued strong showings of Trevor Shalaba, uh, all the way to the point you just assume he was on the natural path of he's got time on his ca- on his contract. You loan him out, he'll come back. Hopefully, sign have a great one. Sign a long term contract. You either integrate or loan him again. Right. He just seems to be kind of going from step to step after a really good season last year in France. But we know Chelsea's been looking at Koundé for a possible right center back, maybe right back option. I think Shelby's played almost every single minute, Dan, of of preseason. Uh, He got subbed out at the very end of the first match, I think, or the second match. Mm -hmm. He put like 80-some-odd minutes, so it's basically a full match. But, yeah, he has been... The minutes accumulator as it has st- stood for the preseason. And he's looking like he could solve a 50 million, 60 million euro problem for Chelsea if we're willing to bet that the progress is just the start of something really great. And you might be able to reinvest elsewhere. If there's another player that you're looking to bring into this side that maybe rounds us out in a different way. But in general, he has looked composed. He's looked the part. I think outside of Keppa, he was, you know, just from the, the moment in the penalty shootout, it was the best uh, outfield player in, in the match today. 
but hands down, I, I just I think he was class for us. He was composed. He made some really big saves. He got cut out once or twice, but was able to you know get back or recover a ball that you know he ended up giving away. And so I, I think just a credit to how he plugged in and how he's played with this uh, this side, Nick. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think we all have bias toward our own, right? But this is not unearned bias. This is watching a guy who didn't make mistakes today and, in fact, covered others' mistakes. Um, he advanced the ball upfield uh, better than I'd seen the first handful of preseason games. He got involved in the attack a couple of times. He threw his body in front of uh, a couple of crosses. He uh, covered back post uh, like a um, like a proper defender. I mean, th- this was a an all-round performance, and... You know, for a guy that I think was an afterthought in a lot of Chelsea fans' minds, and I'd probably count myself in among that, I'm not going to lie, this was not my first-choice center back heading into the year. I I can't imagine looking at Kunde and looking at Shalaba right now and going, is there really 60 million pounds of difference between these two players? I mean, maybe. Maybe there is. I, I don't know. I'm not a professional scout, and I don't claim to be in the know. As everyone knows, I will rant against the in the nose. But if you looked at that performance today against a good Villarreal team, now they are not the you know La Liga winners, Villarreal. They're, they're the you know, reigning Europa League champions. But they're a really good, solid, physical team. And he handled his business with, with a plum. And I, I think that's, a really, that's more of an indicative game that he'll play in the Premier League than it is against in, in a European competition. That was a physical game today. I think it would be fair to say this isn't his natural position or system either. So for him to come in essentially to a, a new team, new manager he's never worked with, uh, and to pick up on and get this far in such a short amount of time, you got to think like, what could he do with four or five months? You know, with this team, the the catch is obviously. You know, it's it's a tricky situation. Do you, do you keep him and then send him out in January, but you're probably not going to get as good of a loan versus if he's somewhere settled for 12 months type of thing. But I think that he, he's got some raw mistakes and positioning a little bit, but he's so damn fast that he'll make up for it. I mean, how we've seen him run down attackers that were offsides today and the linesman didn't call it, and he still got back uh, to put in a block. He loves to put in a tackle, and he's clearly not afraid of putting his body on the line. He came from the JT school of defending. Well, look, again, there there are a lot of people who yelled at me that said, well, we need all the defenders. And yeah, you're you're right. We we probably need more than one defender, right? So maybe it's Kunde and him are, are coming in. But I think to your point, Brandon, he played most of last season as a central defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. Not as a not as a right sided center back. So for him to look as comfortable as he did today in, in a role where we've been rumored to be buying another player, I think most people are looking at that scenario and going, "But we got a pretty good one here." Yeah, <laughs> you know, why do we? Why do we? And we have Colwell out on loan, uh, who's who's apparently having a very good start to his his loan. So yeah, I mean, just it, again, all you can do if you're if you're Shalba is bet on yourself, right? To show that you can do the business. And I am very happy with what he's done in this preseason. I think he's done everything humanly possible to put himself into consideration for the future. And whether or not that happens this year, look, you still got Dave, 
you still got Christensen, you still got Thiago Silva, and you obviously have Zuma and Rudiger. One of those goes, maybe. You know? I think I think to your point about him playing in the midfield last year, right? He always loves to pick up his head, and he's not afraid to try to thread a pass in the attacking third. I think that that is one thing that I notice is is he's I wouldn't say willing to gamble on a pass, but he's much more confident with a pass into the attacking zone, which is great. Uh, Squawka had his numbers summed up. He had 147 touches, 140 passes, 95 percent pass accuracy, which is usually pretty pretty common for center backs because they're not really risking their passes. Uh, but he won five duels. He had five clearances and five interceptions. That's like a triple double for like a center back to be able to, to do have that many in all three categories is super impressive. Uh, even had a couple tackles, zero fouls conceded. And he was dribbled past zero times. I think his biggest mistake was probably when he overran that ball in the end line and the guy cut back on him. Like, other than that, uh, you know, like I said, his ability to recoup space, if he does misread something, it, it's it's going to do him a, a lot of service right now. Again, to go from 100% being loaned to, oh, shit, actually, you know what? We need to look at the depth chart real quick. Where are we at? All credit to him. You also have to, if you were a person last year that gave Mason Mount or Reese James or any of our academy talent coming through, time you have to give him time to make mistakes too he's going to right it's just natural this is a far different level than playing in league uh, but i think there is a massive amount of upside to him um not only because of his physical stature but his ball progression as you saw today was good and the fact that when we were i think dan the thing that impressed me the most about him in attack was when we finally got stuck in in their half and we were kind of ramming down the door he was interchanging with the right winger. He was trying to make space where there wasn't any. Uh, and and some of our attackers didn't even do that today. So that I, I thought that was I thought that was a really good sign that he just kind of understands the flow of the game. Sure. And Tuchel's comments after the game, he, because he was asked about Chalaba, and he said that it, it, it was quite impressive. He's forced his way into our thinking. Let's see how it goes. Um, we still have some days to decide his future. And so it seems as if, a loan that was probably almost assured just might be a little bit of a question mark now, just a touch. And that's a pretty exciting thing to have happen over the course of a couple of preseason performances to really be back early into training. It just shows that even some of the best talent can not have the time, cannot have the opportunity because the moment just isn't there. And we've seen plenty of players who've left Chelsea to go be successful footballers because in that moment and in that time, it just didn't align. And this could be the perfect alignment of time and actual skill set and opportunity for Chalaba. And that would be incredibly exciting. And it would totally make sure that we get at least one Premier League debut for Chelsea <laughs> as we think about our season predictions. All right. Well, unfortunately, if we go from a high to a low, it started out great with Hakim Ziyech getting the the lone goal for Chelsea, seen find a lot of space, uh, was very dangerous, very involved, and he just came off injured, which it I I kind of missed it. Like he didn't hit the ground hard, he just ran into a player and if you get the right angle, it was like he was bracing. It was on a set piece. He's not obviously a massive defensive <laughs> player on a set piece, right? No big so, body. 
player would jumped in front of him. He was trying to brace. It looked like his shoulder gave away a little bit on the replay. It wasn't a massive amount of contact, to be fair. I think that's why the, the commentators were a little surprised that they were bringing out the medical staff or whatever. But he was in a lot of pain. And, you know, it's entirely plausible that he dislocated his shoulder. Um, He's in a sling afterwards. So and, and so, yeah, I mean, look, this is an incredible bad break. He, by far, our best attacking player in the preseason, uh, got the goal early on, was looking dangerous, and yet again, maybe an injury kind of derails his progress, and that that is uh, both unfair and, um, Dan, I think part of life. You know, it just sucks. It, there's no other way to, to say it, but it's, it's just part of the, the way this game is played. Very unfortunate for him. Very unfortunate for... Tuchel on the eve of the Premier League season starting. I mean, the only person who probably wanted Chelsea to play 120 minutes and go to penalties was the Crystal Palace staff and Patrick Vieira. <laughs> so um, we we are not the beneficiaries of having the most well-rested side. We sent a lot of people to international tournaments this summer. Hakim Ziyech was taking his opportunities. I think his Nick put it on Twitter. He was the hot hand. Um, and, and Tuchel was probably going to let it ride for at least the first, if not two matches into the Premier League season to let the rest of the team really start to find some fitness, start to get their minutes in. But, you know, now this creates an opportunity. Does, does Mason have to come back in a little earlier? Does this mean more opportunities for Callum to be played further forward versus back in a wing back? Because that's really not where he excels does this I mean, mean christian probably christian get... right i mean he's the one who well, came on there, there's multiple options but i'm also doing the calculus for the fact that lukaku is going to come in and that changes it too because now you have Werner or you have havertz like you yeah. you've got a very interesting option in uh attack i'm sorry dan did you say lukaku was coming back are you one of these in Bro, the no types everyone <laughs> is talking about it rudiger's talking about it like in the part like this is this is very like common <laughs> by the way no if you if you ever wanted to watch a show do not be around didier drogba who will spoil the ending for you um <laughs> he announced did, it. Old, old, old king drogba over there is just Spoiling endings. If you were if you were going to watch Avengers Endgame back in 2019, don't go with Didier. That's a bad idea. He's going to spoil. They it. told you the ending when you bought the ticket, man. Like he's just. <laughs> I'd trade <laughs> he's it. He's telling you before you got there. Hey, the enjoy Captain it. America picking up the hammer, and you're like, I'm sorry, <clears throat> what? What was that last part? All right, back to Dizias real quick. I mean, it's just bummer. He had the full preseason. He was ahead, right? And the, that's that's his opportunity. He His fitness was there. He was sharp. And it was going to be up to the other players to catch up to him. He was setting the level. And it's just the most innocuous, unfortunate thing. And a lot of us, you know, kind of predicted or wanted him to say, hey, you've got more levels to offer. This is your season to prove it. And now it's just like how far, all right, how long is he going to be out for? I mean, look, Chelsea went all the way to mimicking their training kit just to be the old Ajax away kit to help him. I mean, what more can you do if you're the club? Come you on, know? Um, yeah, no, it, it's a massive bummer. I, Especially at this point of the year where we don't have a fully fit squad. You have players coming back at different points from the Euros or from Copa America or, or just a vacation in general after all the football that was played. To lose someone who was playing well at this point it's difficult but now yeah i mean christian and callum have to step up 
I mean, they, they have to do better than they've been doing, um, I think, to, to match his output. All right. Well, uh, let's not end on such a sour note. Obviously, it's only, you know, it's a minor thing. It's only a couple weeks. doesn't require surgery. didn't tear anything. Um, but if we look at other performances from the squad, just as we round this one out, um, Marcos Alonso had himself one. I don't know if it's because he's playing another Spanish team, so he's able to understand what they were saying out there, and he was just able to read the play better. Or he is also saying, I'm here to fight for minutes. And I think it was probably the latter, honestly. Um, his crosses were quite tasty today. Um, he worked hard, which, I mean, you get that from him, Dan. Like, Alonzo usually works hard. Now, is he the fastest? No. But he will track back eventually whenever he can get there. Um, and he was a threat offensively. And, and that was a, it was, it was probably a shame that he didn't get an assist on the day. There was the one moment, too, where he ran into the byline and got taken down, but the ball wasn't out of play. And, like, his fight for the ball today, Mm -hmm. like, off the ground and trying to win it back and stumbling to get up, making the penalty as he slipped. Like, we Mm -hmm. didn't even talk about that penalty uh, amongst the shots earlier. It was just a really good day. He was hopped up on some blue fuel, and he was just feeling himself. You know, he was freelancing on that left-hand side. He was getting into the box at points and making himself available. I had no idea why he was on crosses the moment or on uh, corner kicks the moment that Mason came in. That was maybe not a great decision, but in general, 120 minutes from a player who is often rumored to be the plus one to any deal like the oh hey uh we're i'm gonna invite nick to the party but the plus one is brandon so do you want to take that deal like to enter or to all these other sides and so the fact that he had such a, a good day out was uh, a nice thing to see i will i will go next it turns out angola conte is already in god mode um it's what like honestly what the <laughs> hell i mean it's is he getting younger it's crazy uh, i mean his his first 15 minutes today i was like my god <laughs> you are insane my man insane captain's armband uh, just yeah captain's armband carries the trophy out which is the best image of all time it's <laughs> i'm putting i'm getting a print of that for my wall for sure uh and and look i i think the insane reading of play I, yes, he's fast. Yes, he intercepts the ball. Yes, he's all over the place. Do you think he can do any of that if he doesn't know how to read play? Uh, he he is a free safety back there. Charles Woodson just intercepting everything. It is absolutely incredible. And then, Brandon, I think the thing that is shocking to people, it looks like he has his pace back. He mm-hmm. was breaking away from guys today. He, I mean, he yeah. went on a, a dead sprint and no one was like, everyone was losing ground to him. I was like, my goodness. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he was just bodying people off the ball. Uh, he's throwing all 154 pounds around. He actually looks a little bigger. I don't know if he's gotten stronger. I don't know when he would have had time to put on any muscle, but again, being five, six and just bossing a midfield is, a reality check for the other players out there. I mean, he's 30 now. He's officially 30. And it seems like we're about to get one of the best seasons of N'Golo Conte that we've had. <laughs> it's just, it, it makes us, it makes it, it's, I don't know. Is there like a more fun player to watch, Dan, than N'Golo Conte when he's just having the time of his life out there? Like reading the play, tackling everyone, recovering. And clearly, by the way, 
Thomas Tuchel has told all the midfielders, you better get your shooting boots on because I'll be damned if I get zero goals from the midfield this season. <laughs> that shot he took was really <sighs> tasty looking. It, it had some sauce on it. I really hoped it was just going to be just uh, just a hair to the other side so it would have headed in. But, man, yeah, Conte was, was really great. I think uh, Alonso had a good day. Conte had a good day. Um, Chalaba had a, I think, probably, again, the best day of any of the outfield players. Um, I mean, Rudiger, I think probably didn't deserve a card for his challenge. I mean, I think that that was the one where we were debating a little bit with Naz afterwards. Yeah. Where there's European tackles and English tackles. And I think actually Tuchel referenced the fact that like we thought it was a tackle. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's kind so of unfortunate. I, I will say on that there, I guess all the British coverage were saying that that was almost a red uh, the the Rudiger tackle, and then uh, on the American coverage, no one made mention of it. Like it was just whatever. In real time, I thought it was incredibly harsh that he got a yellow. I thought that he got the ball in plenty of time before the player ran into him, uh, c- compared to what we see weekend and week out in the Premier League. Now we may just be uh, adjusted to hockey rules in the Premier League a little bit more than uh, than any other league, but. Yeah, I, I was like, I've never disagreed more with Naz on a single point in my life. So it was just a, it was a strange one for me to, to look at. But Brandon, I think, was maybe a little bit more aligned with Naz. Yeah, to me, it was just the velocity and kind of the ferocity that he came in with it. Like, he didn't need to. It was a pretty easy tackle for him to win. And, and for him to win the ball and then both of his cleats then started ricocheting off the ground up towards his knees... That just shows you that he went in uncontrolled a little bit. So I, I'm glad that that player got up and walked. I, I think yellow was the right call because he did win the ball. You know, it's kind of one of those things that if you get an opportunity to really line someone up like on a 50-50 and you just kind of get lower and that way your, your center of gravity is lower and you can just upend someone like – yeah, you take your shot when you can, but he definitely had his his front leg. Ex- I think I don't think it, he didn't have both legs extended, but the way he kind of bounced off the ground made it a lot messier than it than it, could, it had to be. But if you've ever watched Rudiger play, though, that's just how he does it. Like that, he oh yeah, he Look, doesn't he doesn't hit break. Like yeah. that's just not what he does. I I also understand that uh, I broke my leg playing soccer and um, I very quickly learned the lesson as I went off to college to to be um, you either hit him or he hits you. You want to be the aggressor or the receiver. And so Ruger is just like, look, I'm fucking going through this. Like, (laughs) it's not going to be me that doesn't get up. He's just like, and if I get you, sorry, but. And if De Bruyne's face somehow gets in my way. Yeah, you know? the ocular cheekbone. So people are really calling our uh, Rudiger as Master of the Dark Arts award or uh, projections for this season into no into question. People are, are very much concerned that we are not uh, not giving him enough praise. We all I said did. he's the guy. It's just we were looking for a little bit of differentiation for a podcast, guys. He's Master of the Dark Arts. Just so okay, are we good? All right. Um, Say, while this wasn't, while this was a competitive match because we won it, uh, Dan, I still think you're working on your Dan of the match, getting stretched out a little bit here. Um, Needs to go back into training. It looks you, like you did you know? one. I, I see that there so. were four options. Uh, the one I chose for came in third, 
So well, what, that, uh, that speaks more about you than it does me. So what was uh, your strategy, just... Dan? Well, look, I, I think the honor had to go to the guy who saved two penalties in a shootout. And so uh, Keppa was the only option, but it was Keppa option one, uh, option two, uh, three. Yeah. So it was uh, good. It was great. And, and, and there was a, a, a threat as well in the tweet, if I'm reading this correctly. Well, if you're going to disagree with me, I'm going to give you the Jorginho hush. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to mute people. Did you go on a bit of a spree, Dan? Dan? Well, I, Dan. I block people occasionally. Dan. All right. Anyways, uh, look, Keppa, you, the team had to do a lot to get there. He had his moment to shine and he shined. Uh, and credit to him. I mean, especially as much as he's been through over the last couple seasons. Um, it's good to see... I think overall today, Tuchel will be able to dig into the depth chart and be able to get a result. And it meant a lot to the players. Like I, my Instagram story is like 25 deep right now of just players posing with the trophy and celebrating. I mean, they thoroughly enjoyed that. I mean, the Reese James clip, Dan, that you repost on the Twitter account <laughs> was fucking nuts. And so I had to tag him on Instagram and said, you get another trophy, get another tattoo boss. going to get another one. You got, you got another calf. <laughs> dream dream big achieve big super cup get big 2021 i i have no problem with a chelsea side of this caliber that becomes addicted to winning trophies because that would be the ideal scenario and so i love that they are chasing this high and i know that uh, you two both don't like uh, tom brady as much as i do but when he would always talk about what his favorite ring was it's the next one and like that's the type of mentality that I Ooh. want from this team, which is what's your favorite trophy? The he's next so, one. He's so fucking. The next boring. one. Ugh. <laughs> God, that's just. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, so like, if if we win the Champions League again, does does Reese start running out of real estate on on the <laughs> on the Cavs or how does that how does that thing work? He's got do we, do we get us? Yeah, and that's keep true. Going. That's a problem yeah. for future Reese. That's not a problem for Dan. <laughs> so, yeah. So what is the FIFA Club World Cup, the next trophy on the docket, if we're looking at the next one? Uh, Yes. And then we that obviously would go into ideally League Cup, then the Premier League, then the FA Cup, then the Champions League. All right. Count them. Count them down. Um, all right. Look, hey, it felt good today. It felt good to uh, lock myself in an office and watch the game while I worked. I'm sure it felt good for a lot of you to uh, block your calendar with that private meeting on there. Uh, and for those of you named Chad that ended up going to Brit's Pub, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but I wish I could. So kudos to all of you who snuck I out want to Chad. the loser. I want Chad's career. Hey, man. Just nothing but Dave Matthews and midday Chelsea games. <laughs> Unbelievable life. Yeah, I mean, you have the downside that you, you already know about is that he's a Huskers fan. So it's not all sunshine and rainbows. No, it used to be, but <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that's going to wrap us up again. We're going to have the Palace preview coming at you um, because the Premier League is back. Like I tweeted in a joke, like, what the <sighs> hell happened to the fans offseason? <laughs> we are right back at it. And uh, it's going to come thick and fast. But how excited are we all for uh, Crystal Palace to to start the season? Um, we're going to watch Brentford beat Arsenal on Friday as a collective, and then we can get into the real games on Saturday. So that's going to uh, wrap tradition. us up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's gonna wrap us up chelsea fans um get your fantasy premier league lineups collected because apparently that's a Locked thing and loaded. um 
uh, save room in your budget for Lukaku. But other than that, I think we're going to wrap with that one. So uh, enjoy the feeling. Enjoy another trophy. But until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.